Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to the show. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. New morning show here on CBS Sports Radio. A lot of coaching news going on in the NFL right now, Perloff. And so for that, we turn to a Super Bowl winning head coach, Brian Billick, on the line now joining us on behalf of X-Tech Pads, which we will get to. Coach, thanks so much for the time. How are you this morning? Good morning. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Same to you. So we want to pick your brain a little bit, go behind the scenes on some coaching stuff. But first, let's start with the Chiefs and what they're going through now with Kadarius Toney. So how would you handle this if you were Andy Reid? You've got a player who made a horrible mistake, cost you the game. He's done these kind of things before. However, he did also help you win a Super Bowl last year and scored in that Super Bowl. How do you handle this moving forward? Can you actually trust him in a big spot again? Well, you, first off, you have to make that decision. Is it chronic enough that we as an organization got to think about, well, maybe we should do something different? But my guess is, is that they look at it from the standpoint of you, you hear it every time after a very close loss and maybe a kicker misses a field goal or someone drops a pass in the end zone that would have won the game. The first thing the coach and the players say, well, there were a lot of other plays leading up to that, that it wasn't just that play. Now, certainly this was a particularly dramatic example, uh, but you want to support the players and basically do whatever you can to help them refine that focus, saying, look, we believe in you. We're going to put you in there. We need you. But now you've got to take that next step. You've got to help us help you, so to speak, in terms of what is it you need to do um, to to not make these mistakes. And you got to go back and look, is there a pattern to this? Is there certain situations where he tends to make these mistakes to see if you can give him something, even if it's a placebo that says, okay, well, well we're going to do something different here. We're, we're going to not put you in this specific situation to try to help him get past this, what really is just a mental block. Coach, do you think they should have uh, made the call in that situation late in the game, uh, Kansas City Buffalo? You know, it's one of those things, I'm sure even the official, once they threw the penalty and then saw the intending play, thought, oh, God, th this is not going to be good. Because, yeah, no, even <laughs> the officials, they don't want to affect the game that way. But this was not one of those subjective, you know, pass interference, holding. You're either offsides or you're not. You either stepped out of bounds or you didn't. And for the official, they had no idea what the next play was going to be. Um, the guy lined up all sides. It's you got to throw it. Had had they not thrown it, uh, and the ensuing play, and it was a touchdown, then you clearly could have had Buffalo coming back, going, "Oh boy, the state of the officials is in the NFL is terrible. Look, they missed this call. This should have been." So it's one of those unfortunate things. You don't want it called. 
But at the end of the day, I mean, the official, what do you want them to do? Uh, he just stepped out of bounds a little bit. You got to make that call. Brian Billick is a Super Bowl champion head coach. He joins us now on behalf of X-Tech Pads. Coach, your former team, the Ravens, does this look like a Super Bowl year to you? Uh, boy, boy, it's sure looking that way, doesn't it? Now, we still have a lot of games to play, and they've got a couple of tough games coming up, obviously, with uh, with Jacksonville and then the big one with the uh, 49ers. We're going to find out a lot about them and a lot of other teams over the next couple of weeks. But right now, they clearly look in the AFC like the most complete team, playing really great defense, running the ball obviously well, which they're always going to do with Lamar Jackson, and they're throwing the ball well. They're coming up with explosive plays. Uh, and they're doing it on the road. So, yeah, uh, everybody else, they're going to be some challengers. There's some really good teams. You know, Miami uh, looked like they're going to maybe uh, challenge a little bit there, although they had a tough loss against the Titans. Um, you know, Buffalo it seems to have a little momentum. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, you can't count them out. But they're not as explosive as they've been. So everybody else that's going to challenge them right now has just a few warts that you look at and go, well, this will be the reason they don't do it. Uh, and not that that can't happen for, for Baltimore, but boy, they look like the best team in the AFC right now. Yesterday, there was a big controversy on Sports Talk Radio and social media. Cam Newton, former NFL quarterback, called Dak Prescott a game manager. And everybody f- took that as uh, an unfair insult because Dak's in the MVP race. When I say a quarterback is a game manager to you, is that necessarily an insult? Well, what it's meant, if it's meant as a compliment, what it says is you're a smart quarterback that doesn't make mistakes and knows how to perform in the big moments. Unfortunately, a lot of people uh, look at it as, well, that means you're really not that good. You're surrounded by a really great team and you're winning by playing defense and running the ball um, uh, and you're just not getting in the way. And there have been some guys like that. I, 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 oh boy, I don't know that I would put Dak Prescott in that category. I mean, he's had, yes, he, he, he has matured to where he's doing the right things in the big moments, but this is a guy that is projected on almost a 600 throw year to have 70% completion percentage. He's on a 37 to 8 touchdown to interception ratio. Um, that's that's a little bit more than the proverbial game manager. So you obviously won a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer, who a lot of people point to as the you know uh, style of quarterback that can win a Super Bowl. Was Trent a game manager? Is that a fair label for him? Yeah, it was a different time, and it was a different time for Trent in his career. But certainly, I mean, we were so dominant defensively. We ran the ball well, and he was the ultimate game manager, and I say that in the most complimentary way. Because he understood, look, this is the way we're going to win. We're not going to win throwing the ball over the field. We're not going to win games, you know, 28-25. We're going to win tight games with tight margins. And if you're going to win with tight margins, you need to minimize the mistakes. And Trent was a master of that. He he understood that, particularly as we got to the latter part of the season, was making a playoff run. Certainly, you got to make big plays. You can't just, you know, uh, sit back and, 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 and rely totally on the defense. But you got to be prudent about what you're doing. And Trent was uh, the perfect quarterback for us at the time with that team that was just so dominant defensively. How hard was that for you as a coach? Because you had had so much offensive success in Minnesota. To Did you have to slow yourself down offensively? Absolutely. I had to make a seat change. I mean, I was an offensive guy that felt like, you know, even though I knew we were really good on defense, that you had to have a certain level of offensive productivity. 
you know, not just to win games, but to go on and win a Super Bowl. And it wasn't till about the mid part of the season that I looked at the landscape of what was going on in the NFL, uh, just how dominant we were defensively and the fact that we could run the ball so effectively. Getting comfortable with the idea that, yeah, you talk about a, a game manager as a co- quarterback, you know, I, I was a game manager as a coach that as unambitious as it sounds was, you know what, I think we can win a Super Bowl this way. So we have to be very strategic about what we want to do offensively in playing to the strength of this single season greatest defense in the history of the league. Uh, yeah, it, it took a little while for me to, to catch up with that and and actually orchestrate many of my calls and, and, and the platform of what we are doing around that. Brian Billick is joining us. He's a Super Bowl champion head coach, of course, on behalf of X-Tech Pads. You know, it's like the 2000 Ravens, the 85 Bears are like the shorthand for great defenses. And everyone loves to say, oh, they look like the Ravens. Oh, they look like the 2000 Ravens. Has anyone come close to looking like the 2000 Ravens, in your opinion? Any defense right now? No. (laughs) I mean, that's like saying, is anybody as beautiful as my daughters? No. (laughs) You know, obviously I'm biased, but but that that was a truly unique. And there's some really good defenses, don't get me wrong. But that all-time defensive scoring record that we broke, I don't think will ever be broken for a lot of different reasons. The number of games now and obviously uh, the rules are bent that way. Uh, it, I will also say that was also at a time where we were kind of in a, uh, a void or we were in a lapse of outstanding quarterback play. We were transitioning mm. from. Tannas and the Marinos and the Elways and the like had not yet come into the Peyton Mannings and the Brady's and the Drew Breeses and that like and that stint. And so our championship, Tampa's, I think the next year, or New England's, that three-year stint, mm. all based on really, really good defense. Uh, but that combination plus uh, that team was just so – at every level, defensive line, linebackers, back end, across the board. It, I've been in this game a long time, man and boy, and it's the best – best single season defense I've ever seen. Tom Brady said he thinks the league is mediocre now as compared to when he first got into the league. Do you agree with that? Um, I don't know. I think Tom, what Tom's about my age, right? I'm 70. (laughs) I think Tom's kind of fallen into that old man syndrome of, you know, in the day we used to No, I, I think the play in the NFL is outstanding. I think we're as in deep of great quarterback play as we have ever been. Uh, now, obviously, the nature of the game has changed a little bit because the rule changes. And so that may be a little, like I was saying, a little of the old man syndrome of, mm-hmm. well, you know, the old day we used to do it this and that, it was tougher and and whatever. But no, and and, and certainly by the ratings and the and the way they keep extending it, it certainly its popularity is as big as it has ever been. So I'm going to disagree with Tom on that. I think it's playing at a high level. I think we've gotten used to a high level of play uh, in the NFL. And so from that standpoint, it may feel like, well, yeah, this is kind of the same it's been. Yeah, and what's been is pretty darn good. I think Al Michaels would probably disagree with you tonight about the great quarterback (laughs) play when we're getting Easton Stick against Aiden O'Connell, but I get your point. Yeah, There there you go. Well, one reason, of course, and I'm going to let you get a plug in here, is the equipment is better. The pads are lighter, so guys are flying around at a ridiculous speed. Of course, I know X-Tech pads well. I've done the demonstration. Uh, X-Tech pads where Bob Roderick, our buddy, puts it on your hand and hits you with a hammer several yeah. times, <laughs> and they don't weigh anything. Can you talk about X-Tech, Coach? 
Yeah, really proud of it. It's been over 10 years now. And it's literally Bob Roderick kind of started out of the back of his uh, garage and, and, and back of his car. And, you know, we're the number one pad in professional football, number one pad in major league, uh, uh, major college uh, football, uh, high school football. Now working our way down into the youth pads, which I'm thrilled to death because I got two grandsons that are playing youth football. It's the best pad. It's And it's the protection we have to have. You got to take the head out of the game. Pads hadn't changed in 50 years. Big guys had big pads and little guys had little pads. These are now almost form-fitted because of the database we have based on your height, weight, injury, the level you play at, the position you play at. Um, and and it's the best protect. This is a great game, but this is a very violent and very difficult game. And I can promise you my grandsons are going to be in X-Tech pads because it's the best protection we have for our players uh, you know, everybody's always asking me why we have so many quarterback injuries uh, mm. right now. Well, it's because the quarterbacks are exposing themselves to more hits than they used to in the old days. The Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's were masters at getting rid of the ball mm. before they were going to take a hit. Well, today's quarterback is outside the pocket, inside the pocket, extending the play. They're getting more hits. So X-Tech pads is the, is the way to go. Yeah, you always see it when the guys are trading jerseys yeah. at the end of the game and they take off the jersey and then there's the X-Tech pads. Uh, last one for you, Coach, and thanks for doing this. Coach Brian Billick, Super Bowl champion, of course. Uh, we could be coming to the end of an era here if you believe the reports that Bill Belichick and the Patriots are maybe parting ways at the end of the season. You know, do you think that he would coach after this? Should he go coach or do you just, you know, call it a career with the Patriots, or do you think he could still help another team? Oh, well, there's no question. I mean, this is a slam dunk Hall of Fame coach. Okay, that's 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 un undisputed. Um, the question becomes, and certainly could he help any team, his existing team or going someplace else? Absolutely. Does he want to? You know, at some point, uh, I, I, Bill's older than I am, and I give him great credit for hanging on to that passion and wanting, but. Uh, clearly, New England is looks like it's maybe in a rebuild mode, that they're going to have to take a dramatic step, get a quarterback. Do you really want to jump on with that? Now, having said that, this is all Bill has done his entire professional life. I mean, he went into pro football immediately out of high school, and this is all he has done. Um, he, he seems to have that laser focus for it. If the desire is there, um, then then clearly he can still do it. Does he want to? Does he need a new venue? Maybe. Maybe that would energize Bill, and maybe that would energize the franchise. But that's a hard thing to do after having all the success you've had for 20-some-odd years. So this is going to be a very tough personal call. My guess is, whether it's there or someplace else, Bill's going to want to continue to coach. Can you see him in TV? I, I, I can't <laughs> mumbling through these types of events and, and for three hours on TV uh, 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 and, and simply at every question saying, well, I'm just focused on the next game. I, I don't know. And, and I don't I, I can't say I know Bill that well. It's not like we're close personal friends. I don't know that he would enjoy the TV process. Uh, and I don't know that that's suited for him. This is not exactly like Brian Billick's Ravens teams on hard knocks, you know, just really entertaining <laughs> us very, very much. Uh, Coach, yeah. again, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Uh, congratulations on all the success with X-Tech, and I'm sure you're probably feeling pretty good about your Ravens right now. So good luck to them, so too. So far, so good. There we go. Thanks so much. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Coach Brian Billick. There you are. Yeah, would, Bill would have to get, like, um, a voice coach. You know, Bill Belichick, be everyone says he's so funny off camera. I've heard that a million times. That's yeah, a lie.
I don't know, though. I have heard he turns it on and off. This is like when people say supermodels are really funny. It's like they're not. I do think Except for that, Chrissy Teigen. I think Bill Belichick is unbelievably careful about not letting his personality go off cam- on camera. I think maybe there's more there. Right. Well, if you want to be on television, <laughs> you got to have a good personality. Well, it's funny because you know Nick Saban wants to do television. He, he flirts with television all the time. Yeah. Belichick never has. But Bill, Nick Saban doesn't seem to have a great personality either. He's kind of stiff. Well, <laughs> again, voice coaches. I think Nick Saban totally opens up on television. And I would just love to see. Belichick was good when he did that Rich Eyes and Chris Collinsworth top 100. Yeah. He was way better. That was also right in his wheelhouse. Right in his wheelhouse. Exactly. That, but here, mm-hmm. when Bill Belichick smiles, I always said it looks like he's looking into the sun. <laughs> it doesn't come naturally to him. He, he was pretty good on game day. I mean, he... he but on the Hellman. Oh, I didn't watch that at Navy. Yeah, yeah that, he, that's his wheel. He loves Navy football more yeah. than he loves the Patriots. <laughs> I'm serious. He yeah. talks about that. His dad coached there. That's a big deal to him. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Uh, okay, appreciate Brian Billick there. On Thursdays, we've been doing this thing called the Multiverse of Maggie and Perloff. We take a what-if that could have happened in sports, a little spl- sliding door situation, uh, actually, last week we did What If Tom Brady Never Left New England, and that was pretty fun. Tonight, uh, today, we've got another football-inspired one for you. So don't move. More Maggie and Perloff, MMP on CBS Sports Radio. Stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone restrictions apply. All right, Maggie, you know what time it is. Little multiverse action. Exploring sports' biggest what-ifs and could-have-beens. Let's dive into the multiverse of Maggie and Perloff. Again, I'm just learning what a multiverse is, but I like it. It's a thing that ruined the Marvel movie. <laughs> I've been told. <laughs> so last week we brought you what if Tom Brady had never left New England, right? Never went to the Bucks. I thought they would have won another Super Bowl. Perloff thinks they would have never made the playoffs again and still been mediocre. Um, today we tackle another question inspired by tonight's Thursday night football game, which is, granted, tough to get inspiration from a Chargers-Raiders game tonight. But the question is, what would have happened if Eli Manning had just played for the Chargers? If he never pulled the power play of saying, I'm not going to play for the team, forcing his way to the New York Giants, what would have happened if Eli Manning had stayed a Charger? Well, I'm going to go way, way, way down the road. One thing that would happen is, uh, all you Yankee fans around here, Juan Soto would not be a Yankee right now. Juan Soto wouldn't have been a Yankee if Eli Manning had been a Charger. Eli Manning would have begun the San Diego sports revolution. And the (laughs) Padres could have even more money because Eli clearly had Tom Brady's number. And the one thing the Chargers under Phillip Rivers could not do was beat Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Eli would have found a way in San Diego at the time to beat the Patriots. Then the Chargers never leave for L.A., and everything is coming up. There's more revenue in San Diego. It's a sports town first. And basically the Chargers are known as not a dynasty, but kind of like the Giants are, a Super Bowl team. I think Eli would have done it there. Oh, my gosh. I could not disagree with you more. I think that Eli Manning would have been and also ran. 
I don't think Eli Manning could have ever elevated this the Chargers. I mean, if Philip Rivers, who was traded for Eli that fateful night back in 2004, Rivers is a much more talented quarterback than Eli Manning. Uh, the Chargers, wait, that if, if Rivers couldn't do it. Eli Manning couldn't do it. Eli Manning has, yes, two all-time unbelievable playoff runs, but you're telling me you put him in the AFC where he would have had to face Tom a lot more, his brother a lot more, and other good quarterbacks in the AFC, Ben Roethlisberger at the time? Eli Manning's not doing jack squat. The team around Phillip Rivers was better than the team around Eli Manning. So you're saying that Eli would have done less with a better team? I mean, that, that Chargers team was stacked. They were totally loaded. I, they led Danny and Tomlinson. They had wide receivers everywhere. They had a great O line. They had a great defense. What, what I don't understand. Well, they had Ladanian Tomlinson, and Eli still said no, thank you. I mean, yeah, because the ownership was crazy. But regardless, so I'm, you can't say that he wouldn't elevate them like Philip Rivers did because the no, team around them was really good, I'm better saying, than the Giants. I'm saying if Philip Rivers couldn't elevate them, I don't know how Eli Manning was going to elevate them. Like Eli Manning, you know, is again two all-time great historic runs, never won a playoff game outside of those two runs. This was not like, you know, he he himself, you know, was uh start every game, was like an Iron Man, but he was not consistent enough, you know? He, it, it just, it would not have worked. I actually think you would have had Ben Roethlisberger most likely as the quarterback, right, of your New York Giants, and maybe the Giants win more Super Bowls with Ben Roethlisberger there. Now, Andrew Bogish is a big Giants fan. I don't know if this is slander for you. The Giants were not that good a team. Ben was on a way better Steelers team than Eli was with the Giants, and Phillip Rivers had a much, much better team with the Chargers than Eli's Giants were were a pretty average team. They had a great defensive line, and that's about it. Bogish, would you care to get in on this? What would have happened? Yeah, this is a deep one. Um, and it's odd to be in a room where I understand the multiverse more than anybody else. Usually <laughs> I'm the one bringing up the rear on this front. <clears throat> hey. Oh, hey, Carlos. Good to see you. What? Um, what? Usually I'm the I'm the dummy on this front. But, I, but, but I'm talking about these two, not you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's oh, a diff- that wait, wait, wait. You're in a that, different that's room. That's I mean, clearly, guys. You're oh, wait, wait, wait. What a sci-fi multiverse is? Or are you saying this particular Eli Manning one? No, no, no. Like the multiverse in general. Yeah. Oh, dude, I... I know multiverse. I my daughter is a huge Marvel fan. I've seen every stupid DC Marvel multiverse. <laughs> I saw the Flash steal the multiverse from right. Marvel. Yeah, I know. I what? I know Kang. So I'm at least I know ahead he of remains. I'm way nothing. ahead of okay. you, dude. I'm as big a nerd as EJ, almost. I'm still on how Perloff thinks that Eli Manning would have elevated San Diego sports when they had you know Tony Gwynn. But yes, go on. Well, and, and also, <laughs> Philip Rivers is a better quarterback. If Eli goes there, we probably live in a world where we go, Eli's holding back LaDainian Tomlinson and Antonio Gates and whomever. That he's not good enough to get them over the hump. Oh, wait. That's so I I'm just curious. Philip Rivers' record in the postseason against Tom Brady, Eli Manning's record against Tom Brady? No. it's you, Eli found himself in two unique situations. I don't know that anybody else wins. Like, just everything had to be perfect on two different occasions from the winning Super Bowls, and they did. I don't know that Roethlisberger's any different. Because there wasn't a great team, either one of those teams that won Super Bowls. It just, the universe wanted them to win those two times, and they didn't mess it up. So it was a perfect scenario. Michael Strahan, farewell, and they had that incredible defensive front. Yeah. And then the second time, I think, again, the defense came through. Eli had... An incredible pass to Mario Manningham. Right. Like, I don't know. It's just th- those Super Bowls were so touch and go. They were both yep. so, you know, two all-time great plays. The David Tyree helmet catch and the Mario and, Manningham. And how much did the Giants win the Super Bowls have to do with how much 
you know, Steve Spagnuolo owned, quite frankly, the Patriots offense and yes. how they dominated those games. The, the, the Chargers defense had so many issues with Tom Brady in the playoffs, whether it be playing in San Diego or playing on the road. Eli would not have had the benefit of having a defense that would have been able to shut down Patriots offense the way Eli did when he was with the Giants. One thing you got to give Eli, though, Eli did not feel a lot of pressure in the fourth quarter of those Super Bowls for whatever reason. He, like his he, offensive he line? A, no, he was a pretty cool customer. Oh. In yeah, he had ice water. Yeah, in he had sure. I, so he had that just like Tom Brady did. So that's one thing Eli had. We never actually got to see Philip Rivers in that kind of moment. And Big Ben was pretty good in that kind of moment, too. He, he was a good fourth quarter quarterback. But we don't know. The Super Bowl, the fourth quarter, we never saw Rivers do that. How do you know he would step up? I think yeah, but he, this guy played on a torn ACL in one of those playoff games. Yep. I don't know. I, I I think that in a different circumstance, we would have seen him really rise at those occasions. I tell you what, I mean, even though he's got the famous last name, you talk about Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame, it can be, you know, you're going to get different opinions on that, even though he is a two-time Super Bowl champ. He's definitely not going in if he's with the San Diego Chargers. Correct. Because well, I don't think he he's wins, elevating them. If he wins two Super Bowls, he's in. But he's not. Well, why? I don't understand. Like, so you're saying Eli could win with a word. You guys will all admit the Giants were worse than the Chargers. There's no elevation necessary. You have Hall of Famers all over your line. But we saw that the Chargers were clearly not a good matchup for the Patriots. The Patriots whooped the Chargers. And I don't think anyone here agrees that Phil Rivers was a less talented quarterback than Eli Manning. He was much more talented. But how do you... It was just a bad matchup. But there's no elevation here because the Chargers didn't need elevating. They just needed a guy to come in and play point guard. The Giants needed elevating. So... The other part is, I think, the road to the Super Bowl, while granted, Eli, again, the Giants had two all-timers going into Green Bay and beating Favre and beating Rodgers. Like, I get that, but it would have been so much harder in the AFC at that time. Again, we mentioned the quarterbacks, Brady, his own brother, you know, Ben Roethlisberger. It's like that would have, if, if everyone was in the AFC, like mm. if Ben wasn't on the Giants, if he was still in, on an AFC team, I think that road is hard. Really? I think the and NFC Tony was... Romo, no offense, and Jeff Who, Garcia. Yeah, who's he playing stuff? in the NFC? Well, I, I mean, first of all, he probably would have had to beat the Patriots and the Packers in two games. And guess who? Like, just like it would have been the same path. He would have had to get past Belichick, and he would have had to get past Farver Rodgers. Is he beating Brian Billick in the, in the Ravens? Is he beating the Steelers? Yeah. Is he beating. I, I don't know. Those, those were great teams. Guys, you know, this idea that the AFC was dominant in the 2000s and 2010 is just not true. Well, we're talking yeah, about the quarterbacks, being, Oh, in the playoffs? Yes. You, we could get a team of 22 guys right now to beat those Colts teams. That's not a great playoff team. <laughs> well, Drew Brees, that would have been a legitimate one, obviously, because Brees then another multiverse move. Brees was a charger, but then ended up going to New Orleans. Okay. I mean, the NFC, I think, won more Super Bowls in this era that we're talking about. Anyway, it's not no, like the, a- the, the AFC was not. The was, the AFC was not that much better than the NFC. That's a false narrative. I uh, Now it is, but back then it who wasn't. Who were the great teams who, in the NFC during this time? Who were the great quarterbacks? Well, who were the, the great teams in the AFC? At the, the Patriots. Patriots. <laughs> uh, Chargers. The Ravens at times. Ravens. Like, the, they're the all tough outs. Yeah, the but, Chiefs with, uh, with uh, Priest Holmes and Trent Green. Those were 13-win teams. I just think there were there was tons of good teams in the NFC back then. Those are not great teams you guys are talking about. Those Philip Rivers Chargers teams, how many Super Bowls did they win? Well, with? the Chargers would have also I, been worse because, remember, out of that trade, they also got Sean Merriman out of that deal. They yeah. drafted him the next year. They didn't get Nate Kading because of that deal. So they got a bunch of players that were drafted because of that Eli trade that they wouldn't have had. So the Chargers would have been fundamentally worse than the team that Philip Rivers already had. They had LT. Yeah, they did. 
that Giants team was not great either. By the way, you're I, no, they caught fire for sure. You talk about they had, a the, smart, they had smart GMs. They Chargers made a lot of good picks. But you talk about Sean Merriman's impact and saying, well, they had LT. Well, you talk about Peyton Manning. Guess why Peyton Manning lost a playoff game one time? Because Sean Merriman took over a playoff game in Indianapolis and they bounced the Colts. You wouldn't have Sean Merriman on the Colts. If, excuse me, on the, on the Chargers if you if you. Drafted, uh, if you Eli. drafted Eli Manning. Yeah. But wait, but if the AFC was so much dominant, why weren't they winning the Super Bowl every year? They were. This... The Patriots won a million Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? The, right. Well, I mean, like, the Steelers won one. No, but okay, the, if you get past Steelers past the 05, when Eli was in his prime, I mean, the Giants won, the Packers won, the Cardinals lost by uh, uh, each right, to right, the, right, the, the AFC Steelers team. Won. I just tell you, the Seahawks won. There were a lot of like, I mean, it was dead no, but, even. But the that, NFC was not behind the AFC well, in this era think, at all. I think what's interesting is we talk about that. I think the Super Bowl is one game. You know, anyone can kind of win one game. And I think it's your road there, like your path. How much harder is it for one conference as opposed to another conference? And I'm not taking anything from Eli. He won all those games on the road, went into Green Bay, went into San Francisco. He he won those games, but the better quarterbacks were in the AFC. Right, because you could have the best team can be from one conference, and the next best six teams can be from the other, and right. therefore right. the it's other like, one. It's like now. Yeah, right. it, it, I don't think. Healthy. I like to I like to see the numbers on this. That so you think they all those teams in the AFC were dominant. They were not. You just described a bunch of flawed teams. Peyton Manning's Colts. Okay, so they the Cowboys were were, were, yeah, were flawed. They've been uh, flawed for decades. They're they still won, flawed. They won Jack. Honestly, the Giants struggled in the NFC and kicked the AFC's butt in two Super Bowls. The uh, the Saints beat the the Colts were not a great, as great a team as you think they were, guys. I'm just telling you. Back then, I, I was there. You just waiting for them <laughs> to get to the postseason with, with Peyton. You were just waiting for them. They beat Winning up on the, how many the, the bottom of the AFC was so bad. How many Hall of Famers have played on those Colts teams? How many? I uh, would say Peyton, Peyton, Marvin Harrison, Edron James is in the Hall of Fame. Edron James, Reggie, right. Reggie Wayne's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Dwight, yeah, but Dwight Freeney is. Jeff Saturday could be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You have to understand. Tony Dungy's Bob at, Sanders is all pro. That look was at the Colts team. competition on a yearly basis. Look at the teams that they were playing against. Look at their division. Look at the division, but look they at the exp- other teams. They had all about. these expansion teams. Uh, okay, if that team was so great, how come they won one Super Bowl? Because they're going against Tom Brady, which we're trying to tell <laughs> and you. And other good AFC and, teams and, like the Steelers. And the Chargers, <laughs> and the Chiefs, no. and those other great teams. It, it wasn't a di- I'm telling you, it wasn't so imbalanced. Nobody came in the season saying the AFC is going to dominate the NFC. That just was not a narrative because the NFC was loaded too. They had a lot of good teams. I mean, they had, well, okay, the Packers, the Cowboys. I mean, the Seahawks came up in Eli's fame. The Niners were great in during Eli's time. There are a lot of really good teams. The Cowboys? Really? But they were a really talented team, yeah. I mean, towards the end. You can't, of, but you can't, you, you but can't you, count you, the Cowboys and not count the Colts. Right, that's what that, 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 well, that does not compute. But you're saying in 2009, everyone's like, oh, my God, the AFC is so dominant, the NFC doesn't have a chance. It was That was not a thing at all. Yeah. It really was. The, I mean, the, the, the bottom the Giants, of the AFC but an was, undefeated team that might have been the greatest of all time. <laughs> one of those Super Bowls from the AFC, right? Because the AFC, people were pretty the bottom the of the, the AFC was that year. so bad. We're not talking about the bottom of the AFC. We're talking about the path to the playoffs. Yeah, right. I'm just saying, like, you could easily get 14 teams because you were beating crap in the AFC. You were beating expansion teams and AFC East teams, and the Raiders were terrible. And like, there were a lot of bottom feeders in the okay, AFC. Right. There's but also an expansion team in the NFC because that same thing happened, and you're also talking. Talking about teams that were just really inconsistent. Wait. 
The Lions I mean, sucked the, the entire right. they time. Like, they had no the Commanders, Redskins the sucked. The Bears were also another really good team, by the way. They they had a lot of good years as well. Wait, with so you're going to tell me the Bears were great, and they got their ass kicked by the Colts. <laughs> no, but it was a good about? team. They were a good team. I'm saying there were a lot of good teams. The bottom of the AFC was terrible. You had so many bad Man, teams. Well, come on. Like, I mean, the teams that Brady beat, the, come the, on. the bottom of both conferences are right. No, 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 no. It was definitely worse in the AFC because they had the. they were dealing with a lot of expansion stuff. But we're talking about the top. Right, because yeah. you're talking but about I'm telling you, the reason first. the Colts had 14 wins every game is because they're playing a lot okay, of Texans, the a lot playing, of Jaguars. The, aren't, the, the Chargers aren't playing AFC South; they're playing AFC West. So they're going up against John Gruden. They're going up against Trent Dilfer and I mean, sorry, uh, Trent Green and the, the Raiders Chiefs. fell apart. Right, uh, and Eli's in the eyes. The time, Chiefs were really good. They had Priest Holmes. They were okay. I mean, what's what's the farthest they ever got in the playoffs in Eli's? Because they were losing to Peyton Manning. That's my <laughs> point. Like, you, like. You, you keep saying, well, this team didn't go far. I'm like, well, they lost to Tom Brady. Why didn't this team do well? Well, they lost to Peyton Manning. Why didn't this team do well? Well, they lost to the Chargers. Doesn't that say that there's a lot of parity, that there are a lot of good teams in the but AFC? It's funny, though. I could think of one quarterback and one team that did not lose to Tom Brady. And he was in the NFC. And his name is Eli Manning. Right. And that's what we're saying. But would Eli Manning, if he was in, if the question is, if Eli Manning had went to the Chargers, would he still have the success? Would he have had? Would he have elevated the Chargers? And I think what the point we're trying to make is: it seems like we're all ganging up against you. We're not. No, but yeah, it kind of seems that way. Seems, it's millennials. It that way. What, what we're, what <laughs> the millennial saying, army here the, coming up against me, always right about everything. The harder path, he would have had a harder path than he had. So even if he had, so if he met Tom Brady, do you think that Eli Manning he went two and zero against Brady in the Super Bowls? Do you think if they met six times in the postseason, what do you think the record was going to be? Like, again. Uh, Based on six and zero, like that's it doesn't this, hold up. But yeah, but he would have won two. But what? <laughs> I mean, but also mean he's going he's going to Foxborough and beating them. Yeah, he's beating I, them in in you know sunshine or domes. Actually, those are two dome games. Now he, he, he totally was a good cold weather. Player. Yeah, he did win the games in right. Green Bay. But yeah. I but I would think that if they somehow were in the same bracket and they're playing anywhere short of the Super Bowl, the Patriots win those two games. Wait, I just the perfect I'm not, storm. I'm not totally under, sure I understand. So Eli Manning could beat them in the Super Bowl, where the the Patriots are presumably bringing the right game, but he never would have beaten them in the yeah, divisional. Because those games, those two months of five way, week stretches were so nonsensical. I don't think they translate to any other scenario. Well, it's also not neutral field. You're assuming that yeah. the Patriots would have had home field advantage, so you're not on a neutral field there. And I think also. But, but I mean, the Patriots won in San Diego, too. They, yes, I think one true. AFC yeah, title game was that's there. True. So how do we know that wouldn't happen? I, I don't know. I just, it, you're li- I understand what you guys are saying, but this idea that Eli could not have won with a better team is just a little illogical because the Chargers were a better team than the Giants. I agree with that. But, again, don't you think that matchups have anything to do with this? Because, again, that Chargers defense had no answers for Tom Brady and – those games. It's not like it's not like Eli Man had to score 30, 40 points. Look at his stats in those games. They're not yeah, the like he was throwing like for 300, 400 to 19 yards. Or All he had to do yeah. was just not turn the ball over and make one big drive down the stretch. Phillip Rivers had to do a hell of a lot more to have any chance to beat those uh, Patriots teams. So you're telling me Eli Manning would have been able to play better than he did in those Super Bowls to beat the Patriots in the playoffs. Perhaps on the road. Yeah. Also, too, uh, the Chargers-Patriots games were, I think, I don't think they were quite what you think they were. They were low-scoring defensive games, weren't they? Weren't they like a battle? I don't remember them being total blowouts, and I thought they were really close. One was 2008, which I think was the best San Diego team. They lost 21-12 to Belichick, and I remember that was a physical just war. Belichick was really good at slowing down the game, too, back then, because he didn't have the 
he didn't really have the weapons of the Chargers. Anyway. There we go. It's a good yeah. question. The multiverse of Maggie and Perloff, what would have happened if Eli Manning had stayed with the Chargers? And we just found an interesting angle for a Chargers-Raiders game tonight <laughs> featuring Easton Stick and Aiden O'Connell. Andrew Bogus, we left you about 30 seconds for him. Uh, it's an indefinite suspension for Draymond Green for hitting Yusuf Nurkic with a used Toyota Tercel two nights ago. <laughs> the announcement says Green must satisfy team and league requirements before returning to the court. The Warriors have yet to issue a statement on this decision. We're expecting to hear from them later today at shoot-around ahead of tonight's game with the Clippers. Victor Webinyama let the Spurs down again last night. Just 30 points, 13 boards, <laughs> and 6 blocks. But it wasn't enough. His team needed a tying 3 with 12 seconds left. But Wemby missed and was called for an offensive foul for sticking out his leg trying to draw a foul. The first option was me getting the ball at the three and... And you missed. Uh, and now your team's franchise record losing streak extends to 18. But at least they're not the Pistons. Their skid is 21 after a 129-111 home loss to the Sixers. Joel Embiid scored 41. This oh, by th- the way, um, is LeBron okay? Bruised left calf. He'll be back. It's a calf contusion. Calf contusion. I'm worried. Bruised left calf, huh? Yeah. That must have been painful. Mm. Well, that sounds worried. a little bit like load management to me. You were worried about his minutes after the in-season tournament. Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah, taking yeah. care of that. After first. the in-season tournament, he's got a calf contusion. Oh, boy. That Actually, they used that pre-IST to get ready for it as well. So they're bookending. The calf's going to be... That's the, the injury du jour, apparently, for LeBron. <laughs> right no, you gotta, it's, that's smart. you got to plant the seed on mm-hmm. the lie. Uh, This time last week, we weren't sure if Zach Wilson wanted to play for the Jets, (laughs) and Tommy DeVito was signing hoagies in Jersey delis. Now the New York QBs are the offensive players of the week in their respective (laughs) conferences. DeVito also getting the late-night TV treatment. And your man throws a bomb, but still is with his mom. That's DeVito. When he has quite the arm and wolf's down chicken pawn, that's DeVito. That's uh, Jimmy Fallon singing while dressed as DeVito's agent, Sean Stilato. <laughs> hey, I'm throwing over here. Wait, did uh, did DeVito come out? Uh, I don't know if he, I don't know if he no? came out, but I just this is a clip of just I saw Fallon singing this with the pinstripe suit and the black fedora, and he's holding a chicken parm hero, and he's on the phone like Stilato was on the field. Pre-game Monday night. Wow. And yeah. the lean-in is leaning. Mm-hmm. It's like Sheryl Sandberg level. Uh, and Clayton Kershaw said yesterday he has not yet made up his mind about re-signing with the Dodgers as he recovers from shoulder surgery. The team said recently it wants him back. This is his call. Kershaw is out into the summer. Guys, back to you. Bogus, thank you so much. Coming up, we do have that transfer portal update because a big, big domino fell yesterday amongst the college football quarterbacks. We've Get you up to speed in just moments. Don't move. Maggie and Pearl off CBS Sports Radio. Tonight's Thursday Night Football Preview is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. The last time these two teams played was in week four, and the Chargers took the game 24-17 behind three touchdowns from Justin Herbert and six sacks from Khalil Mack. But they now enter this game with Easton Stick under center for the remainder of the season. The Raiders feature running back Josh Jacobs, who injured a knee on Sunday against the Vikings, so he's questionable. Max Crosby is also questionable, has yet to practice this week. Tonight, the Raiders are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Oof. 
It's going to be a tough one. A tough one. Tough to one for Al and Kirk. <laughs> Somehow they'll muscle through. Kirk huh? can talk about, oh, I, I used to see this guy on Saturdays. We'll hear a lot of that. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't mind if he just previews the college football playoff and a couple of the bowl games because we got to get to college football, the transfer portal in full effect. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Okay, Perloff has been updating us on all the latest quarterback moves in the portal. What do you got today? Okay, actually, I want to ask EJ about this because he follows the Miami Hurricanes so closely. So Cam Ward came and went there. What is the latest on that? That seemed to be like the front runner for Cam Ward, and now it's not. Well, look, everybody takes that Miami trip. So where you where you see him at uh, Prime 112 with Rick Ross. It looks like he's having a great old time. And then now he's off to FSU where he'll oh. probably go sign. <laughs> Everyone uses Miami just for the visit. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, we, Jalen Hurts was partying at LIV with uh, with Manny Diaz many years ago. And we got exciting, excited about that. And guess what? A day later, he was signed to Oklahoma. Okay. The other big one yesterday, Malik Murphy, Texas backup. This was big. So he entered the transfer portal, and there's a lot of rumors that USC could be the eventual landing spot for him. I have a question. If you're Malik Murphy, would you really transfer now and not go to the Final Four game where he could actually get into the game? He's the number two on the depth chart. I, I, I don't know about the timing. I know there's another transfer portal window. Why would he do it now? I guess he's got to get the spot. It just kind of sucks that he worked really hard to be the number two on a Final Four team, and now he can't play in it. It is tough. I think these are like the predetermined windows, though, for the transfer portal. And yeah, but there's you, another one. You might be concerned, though, that the place yeah. you want to go might fill your spot. before. It's like musical chairs. Oh, know? 100%, especially a quarterback. But it just seems unfair that he can't play uh, against Washington in this game because who knows? He could easily no, have no gotten way. into that game. We might get Arch Manning then. He's really good. He's huge. He's got a monster, monster arm. He was completely inaccurate this year at Texas. He was just a foot behind everybody, but he's young. I think he's going to be a star. Going with Lincoln Riley might not be a terrible idea. The problem is, is the defense going to be good enough that you can win enough games to be in contention, even with a 12-team playoff. But you sure can get drafted high. We know that for Lincoln Riley quarterbacks. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. 
this to me also says Quinn Ewers is going back next year. Do you believe that it's going to play out like that? Quinn Ewers is going to go back and Arch will sit another year? Does that ring true? It's looking that way, but I don't know how badly Arch wants to play. I, I think Arch is still young. I think he's still 18. I think he could sit another year. What's his rush? He doesn't need the money. So maybe he's just going to wait. Maybe, but or I just think guys are wired that way. Like, I just want to play. I don't want to sit, and I think you get impatient, especially if you're a highly touted recruit like Arch, but maybe he's on a different timeline. You might be right. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't need to rush to the NFL to get his big payday That's at all. That's true. Uh, you've, you've seen guys who are NFL sons and daughter. Uh, they just have a different attitude about all this. So I think, you say, I think it's the Ewers and Arch thing. Unless Ewers has such a dominant Final Four that he's a top 10 pick, that's the only scenario if where they win I don't the title, think, he might go. Yeah, if they win the title or even if he's just incredible. Yep. Because I think that right now he's not talked about as a top 10 pick. There's well, too many other guys. But think about it. Like when you really think about the guys, who are we talking about? We're talking about Caleb Williams. We're talking about Drake May. We're talking about Jaden Daniels. And then who else are we really talk about as a surefire first round? Well, I think Michael Bo, Penix? I think Bo Nix. And Bo Nix? Okay, but. I think they, Bo Nix ahead of Penix because Penix's knees. But yeah, the. I think next, yeah, but who are you talking about next year? No one. So why would Ewers not want to go down that lane? It's him and Shador. Yeah. And I assume it's Shador. I assume Shador doesn't go out now. Yeah, yeah. So I just think you don't want to be in the same draft with Caleb Williams. So yeah, I think this is a great time to wait. Ironically, I know a lot of guys want to be the number one overall pick, but ironically, the guys who go a little bit later might have yeah, been a better situation. You have to go try to save the Bears. You also, know? you watch Quinn Ewers. He doesn't look like an overwhelming NFL prospect so far. He's, I mean, he's not huge. He doesn't look like Drake May. He's not big like Drake May. He's not dynamic like Caleb Williams. But then again, he is good. So if he shows out in the Final Four, maybe this will all change. It's amazing to me because you didn't even think Arch Manning was going to sit this year. I didn't. I, I thought that it was going to be one of those, like, hey, if I'm I'm the, the most um, important recruit you've gotten, you know, in the Steve Sarkeesian era. I know Quinn Ewers was a very highly touted uh, high school recruit, but Arch is on a different level because of the last name. And I wasn't sure if, like, they said, hey, we want him to play immediately. Like, we're going to go to Texas, and we're doing that with, like, a handshake agreement. Hey, he's going to start. But listen, he didn't have to. Is that going to happen for two years? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, it's a good pro- problem to have if you're Steve Sarkeesian <laughs> no in Texas. No this is amazing. Go what to the an SEC upward. next year? Wow. I'm a little jealous because you actually predicted that Texas is going to go all the way. Because I do think they're going to win that game against Washington, and then – Alabama and Michigan are both flawed. I, I wish the Final Four would come a little sooner. That's my only complaint here, Maggie. Did you see that the SEC schedule was released yes. last night? Uh, man, I'm just trying to get it right now. And I did see I and they put out a date for Texas, Texas A&M. That is going to be awesome when that comes back. Um, the Texas schedule, yeah. I thought, was... We'll have to do it in the next one. Well, it's got Georgia on it. That's we'll it. do it next. Yeah, Texas has got Georgia sitting there. But you can get two losses and get into the 12. It's going to be different now. Yeah. Uh, Very, very cool. Our celebrity NFL picker. Normally, we do this on Fridays. Today, we're doing it on Thursday because our guest is in studio. And he's going to be here in just moments. YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio. If you want to watch, come on. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.